everyone, and welcome back for another episode of Real Romance. I'm your host, Robert, also known as Bamfing Bob, and with me, as always, is my lovely wife, Brittany. Hi! Now, it's been a couple of, uh, what, months since we posted? About a, a month. It's, it feels like a really long time. But, to be honest, we've been going through a lot of stuff here in our household. I started a new job, we've been celebrating a lot of holidays, birthdays, graduations... A lot of things. Our dog has been sick. She had pneumonia. Yeah, and we got a new kitten, and that's taken up a ton of our time. Yeah, we took in a foster kitten that we are now keeping. Yeah, but even though he's garbage, he is really cute. And if you want to see cute videos of said cat, uh, go follow us on our TikTok, at Real Romance. I, I think they're really funny, and Brittany's in charge of that account. So to kick off, this is going to be a couch potato episode going over all the streaming things that we have watched over the last couple months. Yeah. I think we're going to be focusing on reformatting, um, making shorter episodes. I, I don't, I think we're going to put theme minis on hold for a little while and just put out two episodes a month. We're really busy right now and with summer, I know people are not listening to podcasts as much and we're just too busy to put out three a month right now. And it was getting to be a bit much, and with Robert's new job, he's likely about to have more responsibilities, and with me feeding this cat and having sickly dogs, there's just a lot going on. Yeah, so we still watch things, we still go to the movies and enjoy our streaming content, but we haven't been putting out podcasts quite as often. So we apologize for that, but at the same time, we're hoping to have the quality of the podcasts be elevated a little bit. For lack of more content. So we'll put out, what, every two weeks or so? Yeah, every two to three weeks. It won't be on a, on a standard weekly schedule like it was. We'll try to put it out on the weekends, though, Fridays and Saturdays. Yeah, we'll try to. So to kick off, let's have an icebreaker. I recently saw on Twitter, somebody asked the question, what is your favorite pilot episode of a TV show? Not necessarily the TV show itself, but what show had the best pilot? What do you think, Brittany? Just on the spot, like, thinking of really great pilots. Psych had a really excellent pilot. It goes right into the goofiness that is Sean and Gus. Mm -hmm. And it just doves right in. And there's no, like, oh, well, la, 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 let's make some backstory, blah, 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 trauma, trauma, etc. It's just funny. And I love that show. And, I mean, it's still going. They're making another movie. Another one? Yeah. You, I think they're going to do, like, five or six movies. Jeez. For me, I think Heroes is actually a really good one. It shows a lot of the different characters and what they can do, but it still adds a little bit of mystery, and there's a basic plot point that they're trying to explore. So you get to see all the new characters, the different powers, kind of, and I'm, I was really hooked on the first episode, so probably Heroes. Now, later in the series, it, didn't, it kind of fell off. It was hit or miss, but the pilot, I was sold. We watched a lot of different things, we haven't finished a whole lot, but we've been watching a lot of things. We, we, we finished quite a few, actually, yeah, when, when you think about it, because we've been putting off this episode for so long. We've finished things that would have not been over with when we put it out on time. What do you mean? We haven't finished any of the... the we've finished two out of, like, six shows that I have on our list. It, it doesn't feel like it. It feels like we've watched so much more. The, what, what We've else? been watching a lot of movies. True. And a lot of TV, and a lot of YouTube. Yeah, a lot of Shudder. So, one of the shows we watched recently was Them. Mm-hmm. And it's an Amazon Prime show. Um, basically, it's about this family 
that had a horrible experience where they were, and he gets a new engineering job, and so they move into, it was Compton, right? Right. But back before Compton was like... The way it is now, right, I suppose. Because there's East Compton and West Compton, and the show's set back in I think the '60s, something like 50s that. '50s or '60s, right at the Civil Rights Movement era, and so this black family moves from the South, like in the Mississippi, Alabama type South, mm-hmm. into California, and it's really a divided neighborhood. So West Compton is kind of becoming more integrated, while East Compton is really very white. white. And this is one of the first black families to move in. And the long short of it is that they make their life absolute hell. And they start hallucinating and seeing things. And there's like supernatural elements to it as well. We don't know what all is real and what isn't. But it is all really creepy. So your thoughts on the show? Do you like it? Hate it? I get Meh. I get Lovecraft Country vibes from this. It feels really deeply rooted into the setting and what's happening culturally. And there's a lot of questions that we don't know how to answer. But this is a horror. This isn't sci-fi specifically. This is horror. This is yeah, scary stuff. Yeah, every episode stuff. is creepy. Like, the the one daughter keeps seeing a ghost. The other daughter keeps seeing a ghost. They're all seeing ghosts, essentially. Right, and there's visions. And there's this one character. He's a, a minstrel-type character, and he's just... Painted. He's like blackface. He, yeah, but he's black, but, but he's painted like a minstrel with the really exaggerated white eyes and red lips. And it's creepy, and they make it a terrifying character. So overall, it's it's social commentary first and foremost. But it puts it in a package that's really easy, easy to enjoy. It's digestible, right? Mm-hmm. What about you? What, what vibe did you get off of it? Uh, it's definitely creepy. There's a lot of really uncomfortable topics, especially when you delve more into, like, why they really wanted to get away from where they lived. Uh, They used to have a son, and they don't have one anymore, and there's a very, very sad reason for that. It does explain why, and it's awful. We're just going to keep everything pretty brief. Um, Like I said, we're going to keep these shorter, give you more of our general feelings on them, rather than going into every episode. Yeah, because if you want to watch the show... Watch the show. There's plenty of streaming services. You can easily pick up on a lot of these. I think the main ones we watch on are Amazon Prime and Netflix. Disney Plus. Those are the three main ones. The next show is a also a superhero show called Jupiter's Legacy. And it's kind of about... It's not really like the boys. Because like the superheroes are still like superheroes. Yeah, they're good guys. But... There is still, like, real blood and consequences and bad things happening. And the superheroes are less perfect than, say, an MCU superhero. Like, they're certainly Mm -hmm. a little bit more dark-leaning than, you know, Captain America. The basic premise, it's it's based on a Mark Miller comic. I believe it it was for Image. But Jupiter's Legacy is the story of these heroes back from the 20s and 30s, and they were imbibed with these powers, and it's set in the present day where all of their children have superpowers, and they are trying to take up the mantle of the golden age of superheroes that's kind of getting older and dying out. They're held to the standard, and the kids often can't live up to it, especially the daughter who is kind of a junkie, and she's rebelled really bad from her dad. He is something that's known as 
I can't think of the name. I don't remember the names of the heroes. Okay, well, it's essentially a, a big prime superhero, kind of like your Superman type. Yeah, he's your Superman, your Omni-Man, your... Uh, the, the big, big one. The middle one, the, you know, the main character. Right, and someone is supposed to take up this mantle, and everyone assumes it's going to be his son, but that's not always guaranteed, and so they're always trying to one-up each other. And there's a lot of moral gray area that they have to explore. Like, do we kill? Do we uh, betray each other? That sort of thing. It kind of gives me a very uh, Renegades vibe. It does feel you know, that way. Because, like, in that book series, for those of you that don't know, um, basically the main one of the main characters, his dad is like... He, his dad's Captain Chromium, and he's like the main... The big guy. Yeah, and so... He kind of feels this, like, need to, you know, pick up and be a super a superhero, but, like, his powers are not nearly as good as... Because right. it's they're, not his biological dad. Right. He has two adopted dads, and they're both main superheroes, and things are different now. And it kind of feels a lot like that, where the young are trying to take over, but the older generation has these set of rules that are like this is the way it is, and this is the way we should be, and this is how heroes should act, and that's what Jupiter's legacy feels a lot mm -hmm. like. I really like in the show there's also a lot of flashbacks to the 20s and 30s. I forget the exact year, but it's around this time of the stock market crash. Well, it would be 29. Okay. Well, it's kind of leaning into the 30s, because remember, yeah. it's not exactly then. But the main character, who's now an old man... He's trying to go out and find this superpower. And so while we're dealing with the stuff in the present, there's all these flashbacks about him on a quest to become the superhero, to explain all these visions he's been having. Right. And I really like the uh, dichotomy between now and then. So one of the other Netflix shows we've been watching is Shadow and Bone. I know, speaking of books, you, you you brought up Renegade, and here it is all about the Grishaverse. That's true. Shadow and Bone is a book series that there's three books in it, and then there are two more books that are not really in the series, but in the same world, um, called uh, Six of Crows. And they are basically blended together in a sort of way to make this show. I assume that the show is a lot different. I have not read the first series yet. We've, we've both read uh, Six We read of Crows. Six of Crows and the follow-up book. It um, was a duology. Right. So you see a lot of the characters from the first novel set and then you also see characters from the second novel set, though I believe the story is mostly focusing on what happens in the first three books. Now she has a new series out too. I don't remember the name of it, but I have the first book. So I don't know how long this show will go. I hope it'll go on for like five or six seasons and they could just talk about the characters from all the books and kind of blend the stories together. But I'd really be excited to see the Six of Crows storyline, especially with the show having introduced the characters already. So by the time you got to the Six of Crows storyline, they would be fully fleshed, you would love them already, so it would mean a lot more. No, but I mean, hear me out. I think because the show is doing its own thing and kind of playing fast and loose with the characters, I think it'd be really cool for them to just come up with original content based in the Grishaverse, because then fans of the show might go to the books and get a new experience that way, too. They're not comparing the show to the books because it's a different story. Yeah, but I really would like to see 
the Six of Crows story because there is a few characters that you don't meet until then. Yeah. And that they don't know each other until that storyline. And so that in and of itself would be really interesting. Right. And, there, and there's love stories that they can explore and they do happen organically throughout that Six of Crows duology. I love the way she writes too. Leah Bardugo is a fantastic writer and I don't know how much involvement she has with the show. I'm assuming she has a lot because it, it seems really, really well done. Right. You can always tell when the artist, or not the artist, when the author has strong input on a show versus when they don't. Like, okay, so Lemony Snicket. They had the first movie with Jim Carrey. Mm -hmm. There probably wasn't as much involvement on that one as there was with the Netflix show. Same with the uh, version of Percy Jackson, mm -hmm. right? In the movies, Rick Rorden didn't have that much input. They, yeah, just they kinda, pretty much ignored all his input. They, they worked with the source material and then they just messed it up. But on this one, Rick Rorden's like, hey, I don't even know how to pronounce his last name. Is it, is it Rordian, Ror I think. Rordian? He has a really deep hand in this and so he's bragging about it on social media. He's, he's loving it. And I, for one, am looking much more to the Percy Jackson series because he's behind it. I know. Next year and the year after are going to be fantastic for book series. We've got the new Percy Jackson series is going to be out, um, and two of our other favorite book series are going to be out. Uh, one that you're just delving into, A Court of Thorns and Roses, is going to be... What do you mean just delving into? I'm well, on the third book. Yeah, but just this year. Yeah. Not like you haven't been into it yeah, for a I, while. I started reading it this year. And I'm midway through the third book. And I'm really excited for that. Um, that's going to be like a fairy tale, like, kind of older. It's it's more of a, uh, not really a young adult so much as a new adult, like 20s, Yeah, because 30s. they do ha kind of have some gore and sex and things. By the way, I'm at the part where they meet up with the council of all of the, oh, that's a the fun, high lords. That's a fun part. It is a very fun part. Uh, and then also, it was recently announced that Red Queen, another kind of superhero-y show, so a lot of our listeners might actually be really into that series, um, is going to be, uh, funnily enough, a Peacock original. But I do know... Yeah, I know, right? But I do know the <laughs> author of that book, who was used to be a screenwriter. I don't know if she still writes screenwriter plays or not. Plays, screenwriter, whatever they're called. Yeah, playwright. Scripts. Yeah. So she is helping write the pilot, so that should be good. That should be really good. So, but anyway, we we haven't even discussed what this show is I know, about. right? We literally have not even said anything about Six of Crows. We, we've literally talked about three other future shows that'll be really good. So, the long short of this show is that it is kind of set in an 1800s type of technology, right? They have trains, but no cars. They run on lamps. So you think of it kind of as that sort of technological era, but it's in a large land that is broken into certain nations. And, and it's kind of divided in half. Right. Some people have no powers. And then some people are known as Grisha, and they have a multitude of different powers that are broken into different categories. So there's people who can control elements. There's people who can control bodies, whether that be healing or... Uh, reshaping bodies or stopping hearts. Like, there's a lot of different things they can do. And there are some that are rare and they can do things like bring shadow or bring light. Yes, and, and the cause whole... Cause natural disasters, things like that. The whole main 
plot is that they're looking for some like light Grisha that can destroy this giant wall of darkness, basically, mm -hmm. because, where all these monsters right, live. Right, there's a rift between two of the areas in in Ravka. No, Ravka is a city, I think, but in this this world world building in Shadow and Bone, there's this big rift that's mm -hmm. surrounded with all these nasty shadow things, and a light Grisha would be able to. Not necessarily kill them, but at least... Yeah, I mean, yes, like, they kill them. It kills them. Okay. Yeah, it kills them. I thought it... I just kind of like stunning a Patronus. Like, I thought it kind of like sent him away for a little while. I assume that they're looking to kill them. Yeah. Uh, but, and so like our main character kind of finds out that she is this mystical light Grisha thing that no one has seen in years, ever, if ever. Right, but she's going to be used as a tool, obviously. Kind of kind of like in Red Queen. Mm -hmm. Right, she's going to be used as a pawn for the royals to get what they want. And then on the other side of that, we've got uh, Jasper and uh, Inej N and... Uh, Kaz Brecker. Yes. And, and Nina kind of goes in a little bit, but we that's kind of separate. Where we're at, we've just seen Nina and... Or what, episode three? Yeah, we just finished episode three, I think. Uh, Nina is another character from Six of Crows, and I think we're going to get her whole backstory that you don't see in the Six of Crows novels, but you know her about. Mm -hmm. So, it should be really good. Um, so they're doing like kind of like, kind of almost like a heist on the side, trying to get information and stuff. Mm -hmm. They are... The two storylines are tied together. Right. But right now they operate independently of and one they're, another. they're kind of days apart, basically. Yeah. I mean, do you like it so far? So far, so good. I mean, there's not, like, a lot of big wow moments for me. After having read the books, I'm kind of waiting for that big moment where... Well, I think the first three episodes were really just kind of setting everything up, and it's about to get super good. So we'll probably watch more of that and let you know. Uh, the next show that we've been watching on Netflix are a series of shorts. It's called Love, Death, and Robots. Mm -hmm. And it just dropped season two, but we saw that and we're like, well, we should start on season one, obviously. I don't know if it really matters. Nah. Because they're all shorts and they're all pretty much independent of each other. Yeah, they, they don't tie together. They're all, like, animated, but in various different forms of animation. Yeah, some is uh, hyper-realistic, some of it's a bit more uh, cartoonish. It's, all, it's hard to explain. A lot of them are, most of them are very futury, but mm -hmm. not all of them. Yeah, most of them have elements of sci-fi. So we're talking robots, space, monsters, aliens, right? Things like that. There is mostly, but not always, some sort of sex scene or love interest. And a lot of times it also deals with, like, apocalyptic type well, situations. Honey, you're just describing the, the title. Love. Death, and, Death robots. and robots. Everyone has to deal with one or multiple pieces of that loose. Right, but it's not like tied in. Like, for instance, the one that we just saw, it was about a vampire. It was about Dracula. He's in a tomb, and there's there's a lot of there's a lot of blood and gore. So it's sci-fi. It's and it's fun, but there was no sex in that one. Mm -mm. The one before that, very sex, much sex. Right. It just depends on the episode. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm really enjoying it. It's great to just turn on a few when you're you're not in a hurry. You don't want to commit to anything. And it's good variety. Like, you never know what you're going to get. When you click an episode, you're not like, oh, well, I'm going to watch X show because I want to watch whatever. You click it knowing that it's going to have something to do with sci-fi or horror or sex or a combination of them. Right. 
So it's really good, and if you haven't checked it out, I definitely would. Because episodes are like 10 or 15 minutes long. Right. Like, even if you watch one and you're like, eh, that sucks. One, the next one's going to be completely different. And two, you didn't waste that much time. So one of the other shows we just started check recently checking out, we've only watched, what, two, three episodes of MODOK? Yeah. Uh, it's a Marvel show, but it's not going to be set in the MCU, no. I'm assuming. It's kind of a stop-motion animation thing with uh, one of the main AIM villains, MODOK, which is the machine uh, blah blah designed for killing. <laughs> Good job. I forget what the O is for. It's only. Only designed for killing. That's the one. No, that's the second. I don't know what the sec first O is for. It's something... Designed only for killing. Oh. Remember, there's another O. Yeah. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I, I'm sure it says Regardless, it's goofy as shit, okay? It's definitely not a serious show. It's set up kind of like a, like a goofy sitcom parody. A lot like Robot Chicken. Yeah, and it's made by the same people for Robot Chicken. I think uh, Seth Green is actually one of the producers on it, and he was really involved in that show. Uh, Modoc is voiced by Patton Oswald, and he's hilarious. It pokes fun at the MCU. Iron Man makes a brief appearance. They joke about things that are in the Marvel Universe, like Fiend Fang Foom, for instance. Overall, what what is your impression of the show? Because I know I'm going into it with an opinion. I'm not a huge fan, honestly. I think it's kind of goofy. I'm not a big fan of Robot Chicken. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I like adult cartoons, but I like my adult cartoons to be a little bit smarter. Like South Park? Hey, South Park is very clever. It is very clever. Uh, See, me, I like stupid fucking cartoons. I, I like my Family Guys and my Ren Stimpy's and my Robot Chickens. So this actually worked really well for me because it's stupid, but it's not too stupid. It's just stupid enough for me. I definitely lean a little bit harder into things like Rick and Morty, Bob's Burgers. Um, what about that? that Outer Worlds? Yeah. Is that what the new it, Alien show it, is? Inner Worlds? Whatever. The Alien show we talked about a few episodes ago. Yeah. I mean, that's how I feel about it. I, It's honestly, if you're into Robot Chicken, watch it. If you're not, uh, skip it. Yeah. You're not I, missing much. Watch the pilot. You'll get a pretty good idea of where that, that show's going. Uh, the next one on the list is based on a comic book that Robert Kirkman did, and he did Walking Dead, so you know it's good. It's called Invincible. Basic plot is that there's a kid, his dad is Omni-Man, and he's a superhero, and there's a lot of superheroes in the world, and the kid, Mark... He gets powers, and he's trying to be a superhero just like his dad. He joins a team, superhero team, sort of. Yeah, I mean, I think we talked about some of it in the last streaming episode. Yeah, but the big takeaway, now that we finished the episode, is Omni-Man is not what you think, right? Going into it, you think he's like a Superman goody-two-shoes type character, when really this show is much bloodier, much darker, much more sinister than they would lead you to believe in the first episode. I feel like it's more of... Like, The Boys is so unrealistic to me in that all the superheroes in The Boys are dicks. Like, every single one of them, except for... Yeah, what, Starfire? No. No, the, Starfire's DC. I know. The, the light girl. Yeah. The blonde girl. I feel like this is a much more realistic... I know, it's a cartoon, but... In my opinion, because there are dicks, and there are guys that want to just take over everything, but then there are genuinely people that want to be heroic and then there's a lot of characters that are kind of like a, in the middle uh, yeah like a mixed bag like they want to help but they're also selfish and they're still people like a great example is that guy who can turn himself into stone right he's working for the bad guy but he's only doing it so they can make 
life livable for his family, who's kind of on welfare. Then he kind of tricks the other guy into, tricks Mark into killing the bad guy so that he can take over. Right, and so you kind of look at a lot of people's motivations. But this show is different from most other superhero stuff because it definitely does lean into getting really bloody and brutal, which is why they had to do it animated. They can couldn't you imagine really... that subway scene in, like, oh, God. real people? Live like action, them? it yeah. would have been I couldn't remember what the brutal. Words were. Rated X. Just blood, gore, awful. You His, couldn't Basically, people start exploding because of Mark's face. Like, yeah. He essentially runs his face through them. Yeah. I mean, there's big battle scenes. People are getting ripped in half. Civilians are just getting blown up and no one cares. It's really brutal. But also, at its heart, you kind of care for the characters. You feel really sorry for Mark and his mom for having to deal with all the stuff that goes on with Omni-Man. You feel sorry for Eve. You feel sorry for Monster Girl and Robot, right? You get to know these characters. And honestly, even with all the stuff going on, I don't even think it's that adult. Like, aside from the gore, it really isn't. Yeah, I would let my teenager watch it. Yeah. It's like minus the blood and guts, which there's a lot of. I don't know. My parents let me watch blood. I I think the story itself isn't adult. The story itself is easy to digest. Right. You just have to put up with all, like, the people torn in half and blood everywhere. Right. So, I mean, I liked it quite a bit. Oh, it's a great show. I was High wor- recommend. I was worried. I don't often like the cartoon superhero shows. Because I made you watch it. You didn't want to watch the first episode. And I I'm like, like eh. just do it. Kind of like MODOK, right? I was like, just watch it. MODOK, you weren't sold on. Invincible, pretty damn good. I'm not going to lie and say I like something if I just don't. And I will say it nearly matches the comic book perfectly. It, yeah. The art style is just phenomenal. I kind of got a spoiler for some of the comic stuff. Invincible really did its best to do its homework and emulate the comic, and it is so well done. Kudos to them for actually listening to the fans. Lastly, speaking of listening to the fans, Disney Plus, can they miss? I mean, some people think that the Falcon and Winter Soldier was a miss. Suck them. Some people are big babies. Exactly. I'm not saying that those are the same people. But I'm not saying they're not either. The, the Venn diagram is pretty close to concentric circles. Yeah. Falcon and Winter Soldier, we talked about the first three episodes, I think, on the last episode. Which was, like I said, almost you know six weeks ago or something like that. Falcon and Winter Soldier <laughs> is a great show. Everyone already knows that Steve Rogers is no more. And Did you forget his last name? Well, I was going to say Steve Wilson, and that was wrong. You were playing with Kitty, and I forgot. His name is Baron Zemo, by the way. Mm-hmm. We, na- we named the kitten Baron Zemo after the uh, main minor villain in sh- Falcon Winter Soldier. We should have named him after a super- superhero, so maybe he wouldn't be so mean. I doubt that would have helped. We should have named him Demon. Mm-hmm. Demon Zemo. <laughs> Demon Zemo. We know that Steve Rogers is gone, and that Sam Wilson was supposed to take the mantle of Captain America. And after this long, drawn-out show... Of them having a new Captain America and then him becoming corrupt and becoming U.S. agent. Them trying to fight the Flag Smashers, going back and forth trying to stop these radicals, which really, they're kind of in the right. You know, it's it's really like you can see where they're coming from, but they're painted as the villain. So they go through all this stuff, and by the end we finally get Sam Wilson as Captain America, and the babies did cry. 
Oh, they don't like the new Captain America. Shut up. It's just like the comics. He does an amazing job. A lot of people were, felt that Bucky should have been Captain America. But honestly, I assume Steve asked him if he wanted the mantle, and he probably said no. He's a broke-ass man. He needs to work through his own personal trauma before he can do what Sam is doing. Which he definitely deals with a lot of it by the end of the show. And yeah. he's moving forward, uh, hopefully going to get better. And right. he seems a lot happier by the end of the show. Right, and we, we get some new characters, right? Captain America, John Walker, does become U.S. agent per, uh, what is it, Madam Hydra? Mm. She, she makes well, her first appearance we, here. We don't know, that's what she's called, but yeah. Yeah, but... From what I've heard, there's going to be more about her in the Black Widow movie that was supposed to have already dropped and didn't. I hear there was supposed to be, like, uh, some other information in Falcon and Winter Soldier that couldn't drop because there was no... Uh, there's no context for... Because of Black Widow. Yeah. I hear that the Florence Pugh's character, I can't remember her name. Yelena Bolov. I don't think that's right. No, it's Yelena Belova, I think. Sure. Because, obviously, Black Widow hasn't dropped. That wouldn't make sense. At this point, Black Widow's been lapped so many times. Like, she should be on her sequel by now. Mm hmm But I digress. I loved Falcon and Winter Soldier. I know it has issues, but they, everything has issues. I don't really care if you guys liked it or not. Because, to be honest, Bucky's my dude. A, a lot of people were like, oh, it's too woke because they tried to make it about race. And it's like, no fucking duh. Like, of course they did. I love what they did with Isaiah Bradley. They gave him his props, and they actually alluded to the fact that they experimented on people. I didn't like that people were like, you sh they need to leave him dead. It's not like Sam outed him and was like, oh yeah, this dude over here, that's Isaiah. He just had a memorial to right. those people. He could have easily mm -hmm. said that Isaiah was dead. It doesn't specify. Mm -hmm. And there's also a big reveal about who the power broker is and what they oh, people didn't they like might that. do in the MCU. I heard that they changed Sharon's role in the Captain America 4 movie, which, by the way, they announced Captain America 4. Yes. I heard they changed her role from main villain to, like, side villain because fans were unhappy. I hope that's not true because I think it 100% makes sense that she's become the power broker. I don't, I don't think I see her as a main villain type, though. Well, I think it would be more of a she's controlling the strings and they're fighting all these other bad guys kind of thing. You know what I mean? Because there are other Captain America type villains. You could have them against, I don't know, the Wrecking Crew. That's a really great one that I, they could go up against. I'm not saying she has to be the main villain. I just don't think that the MCU should change their plans based on some whiny fans. Because every, every time that happens, it backfires. The MCU has a fans have a really bad habit of if it didn't happen on screen, they can't understand. Now Sharon, we haven't seen her for her life, her timeline in five years, and in those five years, she has been actually longer than that because we didn't see her in Infinity War nope. or Endgame. She's been gone since Captain America: Civil she War. She wasn't in. Wakanda with everybody else nope. like Steve said screw you Sharon bye but also we do get to see her in Madripoor which does have greater ties within the Marvel Universe so that could be Namor that could be X-Men that could be Daredevil there's a lot of things that could happen with Madripoor right 
still... I mean, there's options for all of them. Well, I'm just saying, to say that this is out of character for her... Well, yeah, seven years ago, Sharon, this might have been out of character for But seven years is a long time to change things. Where were you seven years ago? You were in college. Yeah, I mean... That's a long time ago. I'm completely different now. Yeah. Sharon was kind of hung out to dry by all her so-called friends, associates, bosses, her own country. They all hung her out to dry and just forgot she existed. And then as soon as they needed her, they called her up on their cell phone. And they were like, oh yeah, my bad, bruh. Yeah. Like, it's just... I wouldn't have even helped Sam and Bucky. It's selfish as shit, for sure. If I were her, I wouldn't have helped them at all. Yeah. I would have shot them on sight and been like, well, this is what you deserve. I I think it makes... That would be the power move. I think it makes sense. What else... Okay, so this is the scenario. You are stuck on the run from your government, from pretty much everyone in the world. So you go to a country where there's no extradition, and what do you do? Do you just kind of lay low and live a terrible life? Or do you use connections you've had in the past to gain power and be one of the most powerful figures there and live it high? Like, what, yeah. Like, of course you become the power broker. You're not going to be uh, the street druggy carrier number three. Like, Yeah, you want to be the main character of your story, for sure. So I think it made a lot of sense for Sharon. And she, we need to stop idealizing her. She's not Peggy. Yeah. Peggy did what she had to do, and you know what Peggy got? Peggy got awards, and she got to run a whole, like, organization. Sharon did what she thought was right and got screwed and chased out of her country. Mm. So, I mean, that in and of itself says a lot about why she did what she did. Mm-hmm. And I, for one, am really excited to see how she feeds CIA secrets to the bad guys. Mm-hmm. So... In the show, it's really, you know, it is a buddy show. You don't want to call it a buddy comedy, but there are funny moments. It's a buddy action flick, and it turns out really well. We both loved it. As far as we know, there's not going to be a season two, but they did announce the movie, so we'll see if the movie is the direct follow-up to the show, or if there's going to be something in between. It wouldn't be season two, because it would be Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Well, that's what it said at the end of the... So they're going to rebrand it. Yeah. I think it's unfortunate that they left the Winter Soldier because Bucky makes it quite clear that he's no longer the Winter Soldier. It it should have clearly been White Wolf and Black Falcon. Robert. What? His name is Captain America. Okay, fine. Black Falcon and Captain America. Whatever. (laughs) I hate you. Uh, But... I know in the comics, Bucky kind of makes peace with the Winter Soldier and decides to pick up that mantle, and that's what he ends up going by. So maybe that's what they were going for. Yeah, maybe it's a a respect for the past and a way to redeem the name. (laughs) My name is James Bucky Barnes, and you're part of my, uh, what is it, amends? Yeah, that poor old man. But it needed to be done. Okay, so that's it for the couch potato episode of real romance again sorry it was so overdue we apologize but at the same time we don't we needed some self-care we had to take care of our own personal business and even now i'm not feeling great but i knew that we needed to at least reach out to our fans however many we've got that love listening to us so if you want to continue to listen we'll have a movie real roundup coming up here soon probably in a couple weeks 
That way we can cover everything we've been able to watch, and there's been a lot of them. Uh, the movie one will probably be a little longer. Yeah, so. probably over an hour for sure. Because we have watched a lot of movies. Probably like 15 or 20 Let movies. us know if you guys would like to hear about some of the older movies we've been watching. Oh, yeah. Because there's Not some just good new ones. stuff, for sure. But if you're interested in reaching out, just contact us on Twitter at RealRomanceUCPN or at some of our other social media stuff. We have Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, all at Real Romance. I'm at BanfingBob on Twitter. Brittany's at BookNerd528 on Instagram. We also have an email address realromancepod at gmail.com there's not a whole lot else going on with us that we can say other than uh, continue to follow Comic Crusaders and Undercover Capes Podcast Network for all of your best comics, pop culture toys, you name it, we got it uh, content yeah cause this is Al's Toy Barn <laughs> <laughs> I look like Al from Al's Toy Barn, I need to grow a goatee let's not oh god, okay, well hey much love, thanks for listening and at the end of the day, you just got to remember to keep it real. Bye. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Romance Season 3. Remember to follow us on all of our social media accounts and our affiliates at Undercover Capes Podcast Network and Comic Crusaders.